Philadelphia, St. Louis, San Francisco, Chicago. Over the past couple of years, a progressive revolution has swept across district attorney's offices in big cities across the United States. New top prosecutors come in with ideas long anathema in their profession. Restorative justice, reduced sentencing, the end of cash bail. This rethinking of what justice can be is increasingly becoming a winning formula among voters. But now comes the backlash. Conservative critics, negative media coverage, and more. I'm Gustavo Arellano. You're listening to The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Today's June 29, 2021. A trans woman wins the Miss Nevada beauty pageant for the first time. Canada broke its all-time heat record yesterday, 116 degrees. And a volcano is currently erupting in Costa Rica. Hey man, it's still not time for this month's Masters of Disasters episode, so state quieto, stay shush. Today, we tackle this backlash with a focus on LA County District Attorney George Gascon. We hear from Gascon himself. People that actually campaign against me aggressively, they lost by a large margin, and now they want to come back and they want to redo the election. And they started right away, by the way. There were people talking about recalls that they got sworn in. Gascon won his election last November with about 50% of the vote. He had promises to remake his office with a focus on correcting historic inequities involving people of color. But critics say he's soft on crime, doesn't care about the victims. Now he's a target of a recall effort. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not no Trump donor. This is not who's leading the recall. We victims are leading the recall. We'll talk to Desiree Andrade, who you just heard. She's an organizer with the Recall Gascon effort. We'll also speak with LA Times crime and policing reporter James Queeley, and we'll hear from District Attorney George Gascon himself. L.A. District Attorney George Gascon has a policing pedigree like few others. An Army veteran, patrol officer in Los Angeles, police chief in San Francisco before becoming the DA there. Now he's in charge of the DA's office in Los Angeles, the largest in the United States. Along the way, he's become a fierce critic of the status quo and now proudly identifies as a reformer, much like his fellow California progressive DA, Chesa Boudin of San Francisco. Both are facing well-funded recall efforts. The main opponents? Victim rights groups police unions, even former prosecutors and current sheriffs. The Gascon recall is being watched nationwide because if L.A. can take down a progressive D.A., maybe it could happen anywhere. James Queeley covers L.A. District Attorney's Office for the L.A. Times. James, I spoke earlier about the trajectory of Gascon, which is pretty common among top lawmen. What isn't is his left-leaning politics. Where did they come from? Yeah, so he really speaks to his um, his reform-minded policy starting to develop when he was a police officer. You know, he says he acknowledges that he had a role in, you know, what a lot of people criticize as harmful policing, um, policing that disparately affected communities of color. I kind of tend to think it really crystallized when he was the police chief in Mesa, Arizona. He left LAPD and went there in the late 2000s, and he came into constant conflict with Joe Arpaio, um, as some would like to remember, America's toughest sheriff, uh, quote, unquote. Uh, they clashed a lot on immigration policy, and that seemed to nudge him a little further left. Um, and then that just kind of evolved from there during his time in, in San Francisco. But he really publicly starts advancing more left-leaning positions when he's in Mesa. What did Gus Gullen promise to implement if he became DA, and has he been successful in his promises? 
He said, you know, no, he would not seek the death penalty in any future cases. He would not try any juveniles as adults. He had promised to dramatically scale back the use of sentencing enhancements. He also promised, you know, advance, kind of like he did in San Francisco, advance the use of diversion programs and mental health programs in place of criminal charges. If someone is arrested for a misdemeanor that's nonviolent and they clearly are suffering from a mental illness or struggling with houselessness. Um, so those are probably the main tenants he ran on. Opposition to him was there right from the start and not just from the public. The union that represents prosecutors in L.A. County successfully sued him over claims that Gascon wanted them to ignore all sentencing enhancements. DAs across California say that they're not going to share any cases with Gascon because they don't trust him. L.A. Sheriff Alex Villanueva has openly trashed Gascon as openly backing the movement to recall him. How is Gascon responding to his critics? Uh, he has dismissed largely the recall effort and as have his political allies as a Republican-led or partisan maneuver. Um, and certainly a lot of the names attached to it, with the exception of Villanueva, of course, are, you know, longtime Republican figures. A lot of his own blind prosecutors are very opposed to his policies, and he has kind of scoffed at them as, as anti-reform or overly invested in the, the system of mass incarceration, as he describes it. So he kind of tends to, to bat them away that way. Other people have been very vocal against Gascon, like victim rights advocates. How does Gascon respond to them? Gascon did kind of scoff and suggest that the people chanting against him were, were I believe the quotation was not educated and needed to shut their mouths. So that has not endeared him well to a lot of these groups. Uh, when you have longer conversations with him on this topic, I, I've interviewed him way too many times to count. When you talk to him about, about victim rights, you know, he tends to frame it in the standpoint of there's a reason DAs and judges and lawyers are working these things out and not crime victims. Because, of course, logically, especially in the immediate aftermath of a violent crime, people are most likely going to want to see someone serve the maximum amount of time to potentially face the death penalty. They want retribution. He's, you know, of the mindset it's better to have somebody a step back who is thinking about what's the best outcome overall for public safety. We'll be back after this break. I'm back with my colleague at the LA Times, James Queeley, and we're talking about the critics of LA County District Attorney George Gascon. So James, what are his supporters saying about his tenure so far? They are very happy with his decision to remove sentencing enhancements. You know, many critics are, you know, infuriated at the idea that people will not automatically be facing life without parole, even for the worst possible crimes, or, you know, more commonly enhancements are used to add years to sentences and charges filed against gang members. Um, you know, a lot of his supporters are happy to see those things go away because most of his supporters do believe that mass incarceration is a serious problem in the state. So they are very happy to see people, you know, basically facing penalties for the crimes as charged and not with these multipliers on top of it. Gascon is just one of a lot of high profile district attorneys across the country in big cities. Uh, Chesa Bowden in San Francisco, Larry Krasner in Philadelphia. How would you rank him among them in terms of implementing so far what they have promised? Six months in, he has done a lot of what he said he would do. And now the question is going to be how effective it's actually going to be. As you mentioned, the union representing deputy district attorneys sued him to block large portions of the enhancement policy. And a judge agreed with them that basically he had exceeded his own legal authority 
in ordering um, ordering these DAs to strike enhancements from the record in cases that were already active that had been filed before he took office. Um, he did announce the hiring of a special prosecutor to review four controversial cases, one of them being the shooting of Brendan Glenn in Venice in 2015 that stirred a lot of anger in L.A. He announced he would want to seek those charges potentially upon review of a special prosecutor. However, as most people know, murder charges are very rarely filed against a police officer. The most common charge you will see in a fatal on-duty shooting is manslaughter. Uh, Gascon did not get the special prosecutor hired in time to bring manslaughter charges in three of those four cases he promised to review on the campaign trails. There's a lot of questions as to whether or not there's any viability to that promise. So I don't know if it's fair to really rank him against people who've been in office for two to four years. I think it's fair to say he has made attempts to do a lot of what he promised he would do on the campaign trail. Uh, whether or not those things are going to have lasting effects, uh, it varies on the topic. The district attorney's office is the largest in the United States. If his efforts succeed here, how is that going to influence district attorney's offices across the United States? Um, this movement has already claimed a lot of big castles, you know, obviously Chicago, Philadelphia, San Francisco, St. Louis, a few other places. And you're seeing this movement play out now in Manhattan. You know, the large field running to replace Cyrus Vance as the district attorney there is almost entirely comprised of reformers or candidates who have a public defense background. So the idea that it is happening in the second largest city in the U.S. and could be very well poised to happen, if nothing else, there is an appetite among electorates for this. And people are running on this believing it can win. And I think Gascon's victory in and of itself probably was just another sign that that movement is a serious political force to be reckoned with. If Gascon, in fact, does get recalled, and right now it's just a petitions being signed, there's nothing on the ballot yet. If that happens, what would that do to the progressive DA movement across the United States? I think there's also a difference between the two, right? If, if the recall petition gets enough signatures to force him into a, a race, basically, where he has to defend his positions and he's going to be under constant attack, again, like you mentioned earlier, from police unions, from his own prosecutors, Every case he files is going to be under scrutiny. Maybe it does produce a backlash or at least ammunition for critics of the progressive prosecutor movement nationally. And obviously, if he were to lose a recall election in relatively safely blue Los Angeles, that would be a pretty big surprise and I imagine shock to that movement. The realities of that potentially happening are not huge. I'm not saying the recall is, has no chance at, at, by any stretch of the imagination. But they're definitely heavy underdogs in this fight, you know. So we are a ways away from there being a plausible recall run. Former California Governor Gray Davis says, hold my beer. Thank you so much <laughs> for this interview, James. Thanks for having me. Desiree Andrade is an organizer and spokesperson for the Recall Gascon campaign. Her 20-year-old son, Julian, was murdered in 2018. The registered Democrat says that under the Gascon administration, her son's killers will be eligible for parole they don't deserve. So prior to Gascon taking office, uh, Jackie Lacey was in office. And, and during that time, uh, my son's murderers were all facing uh, special circumstance charges of robbery, lying wait, and kidnapping, which that gave a uh, sentencing of life without parole or the death penalty. As soon as George Gascon came in, 
he directed the prosecutors on my son's case to dismiss the special circumstance charges, which drastically changed my son's case. It went from life without parole to death penalty to now only 25 years and only having to do 80% of that time, which is 20 years. To me, that is a slap in the face. These guys murdered my son, brutally tortured, murdered my son. My son will never be here. And for them to be able to get out and create families of their own and reunite with their families, I don't find justice to that. So at that point, I realized that I needed to be proactive and be my son's voice. Did you try to reach out to Gascon and did he respond? No, I haven't reached out to him because to me, the district attorney reaches out to victims' families. If he truly cares about his victims and victims' families, then he would be the one reaching out and explaining his directives of how it's going to change and how it's going to impact people, especially big cases like mine. It wasn't a minor case. So for him not to reach out, again, I, I was fabricated by that. On the flip side, who's opposing people, not just Gascon, but in San Francisco, Chesa Boudin and, uh, you know, all these other progressive DAs. Who are the people who are opposing these DAs? The people like me, normal, everyday people who are fighting for justice, for what's right and what's wrong. We're fighting for the injustice that's happening. I am a part of this campaign. I'm not what he says I am. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm not no Trump donor. This is not who's leading the recall. We victims are leading the recall. I am a registered Democrat. If this was truly a partisan issue, I believe that I would be on his side. So this is far from politics at this point. This is about keeping Los Angeles County safe. Public safety is number one. The supporters of Gascon would also say that they're the people, that they're also looking for justice, that they're also looking to make a better society. What would you say to the supporters of Gascon? If you've ever been in my shoes, if you've ever been a victim and lost a child or lost a loved one, you would be on my side. But it's unfortunate. It's people that have not dealt with any type of loss in this manner. They don't know until they're faced with reality like this. I'm here this morning because in 2018, my oldest son, Daniel Brown, was murdered. But those voices are out there. Supporters of District Attorney Gascon, who believe in his philosophy on restorative justice, like Reverend Juma Smith-Pollard from Word of Encouragement Church in Los Angeles. She spoke at a pro-Gascon rally earlier this month. So I'm here standing with George Gascon because his values, his principles, his policies are in line with things that I believe in. I was about reform before my son was murdered, but this process has given me another perspective. A lot of people expected that we would want, as a family, for the gentleman that killed my son to get 40, 50 years, but I didn't feel that way. I do feel that there has to be time for a crime, but as a victim's family, we didn't feel that an excessive amount of years would serve this young man any good long-term. It would not serve the community long-term, and it would not serve our family long-term. I believe in reform because for decades we've tried other approaches And it just didn't work. Desiree, the media has put out stories of families who had their loved ones murdered and the family members say that they actually have forgiven the murder, that they want restorative justice and they support Gascon. So what would you tell those people who are diametrically opposed to your position on Gascon? Everybody has their own opinion. I don't, I could never say that about my son. My son's life mattered. 
My, my son's life mattered. So there is no way that I could ever say, oh, I hope that they're okay. I care about their feelings because I, I you forgive them. No, I will never forgive them. I, do I accept what they did? Absolutely, because that was out of my hands. It's all in God's hands. But you know what? At the end of the day, I will never forgive them. And I could never say that I want reform for them. What do you think then would make a good district attorney? And, and not necessarily in the case of Gascon, but just in general, do you think a good district attorney is just all about being tough on crime and just focusing on that as opposed to trying to address historical inequities? No, no, I think that I, I honestly, I think that a district, good district attorney is going to look at everything case by case. What case warrants taking on dismissing special circumstance charges and which don't? Not every case is the same. So I think that a good district attorney is going to go case by case and look at it, not go ahead and do a blanket policy that changes everything. That's ridiculous to me. Thank you so much for this interview, Desiree. Thank you. Finally, we hear from Gascon himself. District Attorney Gascon, welcome to The Times. Good morning. How are you, So Very good. Thank you. The opposition to you and other progressive DAs across the United States, where is it coming from? I mean, we know the players, law enforcement establishment, victim rights folks, tough on crime types. But what would you say is their main philosophical difference with this progressive DA movement? Well, I think there are two components as to where this opposition is coming First of all, these are people that are really uh, very focused on punishment, not necessarily on safety. You know, they, they want to make sure that we continue to prosecute children and send them to adult prison. They want the death penalty. They want life without the possibility of parole. They always want to seek uh, the maximum sentencing. You know, they're in a place where they want punishment, which I totally understand. Uh, but you can't base public policy on that. But then what you see behind it, and, you, and it's so crystal clear in L.A. County, is you see police unions and, and, you know, sort of the Trump, the Republican mega donors behind this. People that actually campaign against me aggressively, they lost by a large margin, and now they want to come back and they want to redo the election. And they started right away, by the way. There were people talking about recalls that they got sworn in. Diego Gascon, you had a meeting last December outdoors with your team because of COVID restrictions. And while you were trying to talk, there was someone who kept shouting you down. And so you remarked, quote, it's unfortunate that some people do not have enough education to keep their mouth shut so we can talk. It turned out that one of the people who was shouting you down was a parent of a murdered man. And you later on issued a statement of regret. How frustrating has it been to have such vocal opponents? Actually, that was one of my first meetings with my staff uh, that was during COVID, that was in Pomona. There was, you know, as I was talking to my staff, they were heckling and they were interrupting. And uh, and I did say, you know, you know, could you please be quiet multiple times? That didn't happen. Of course, what you see the capture is uh, the, the statement that was said that, you know, I, I, I apologize for it. But it comes down again to this whole movement that is being very driven by political and economic interests around a carceral society that continues to be the case not only in L.A., but around the country. 
One of the big issues you ran on, District Attorney Gascon, was you promised to end sentencing enhancements with no exceptions, and that angered a lot of victims' families. But then you reversed that. You made exceptions for hate crimes and uh, crimes involving child and elder abuse, sexual assault and trafficking, and even some financial crimes. What caused that change? Enhancements do not work, right? There is plenty of evidence, data, scientific studies after studies that indicate that larger cycles of incarceration do not deter a crime from occurring in the first place. Having said that, I recognize that a lot of people are worried, uh, especially when we're dealing with hate crimes, we will make an exception for those, but we need to go back and really reform the way that we look at these crimes. If enhancements worked, we would not have an increase in hate crimes. In fact, we would have a decrease because we have added more and more enhancements to hate crimes and we haven't seen a reduction. What does work and the things that we need to begin to look at is how do we intervene earlier? How do we reprogram people's thinking around hate? What about the movement that you belong to? Again, uh, in San Francisco, you have Chesa Boudin, you have in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. So voters see, in big cities seem to be going with progressive-minded DAs. Do you think that movement continues or do you think the, the cautionary tale, which is what both you and Boudin are going through, which are these recalls, do you think that's going to temper people from trying, uh, progressives from running for DA? I don't think so. I think the movement continues. Look, I mean, the, Larry Krasner just went uh, through a primary where there was a, you know, a, a very conservative Democrat that was sort of the law and order kind of a person, and he was shut down. The reality is that you're going to have the carceral forces that have both economic and financial interests that are going to continue to engage in this uh, campaign of misinformation and fear mongering and the the systemic racism that is so deeply embedded in the criminal legal system have to go away. Thank you so much for this interview, District Attorney Gascon. My pleasure, thank you. And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Tomorrow, LA Times reporters take a helicopter ride along with the Afghan Air Force, which faces an uncertain future. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Stephen A. Cuevas, and Denise Guerra. Our executive producer is Abby Fentress Swanson. Our engineer is Mario Diaz. Our editor is Shawnee Hilton. Our intern is Ashley Brown. And our theme music is by Andrew Ethan. I'm Gustavo Arellano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this madre. Gracias. Gracias.